0: We Went Blues is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Blues ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. My favorite part is the panoramic View. I love to go to a game, but if you don't know where you're sitting, you don't know where the seats are, you don't know what the vantage point is going to be, well, the Game Time app allows you to see exactly what you're going to watch when the puck drops. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Mm-hmm. Welcome into episode 9 of We Went Blues with Barrett Jackman, the former Blues defenseman. Myself, Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic St. Louis. Well, Jacks, let's get straight to it. The news comes down today that number 91, the Blues' leading goal scorer for the past five years, Vladimir Tarasenko, will indeed need surgery on that left shoulder. We saw the play last uh, Thursday against the L.A. Kings. The Blues said he would be re-evaluated on Monday, and they announced today that he'll be out uh, at least five months following surgery tomorrow. Crippling news for the St. Louis Blues.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tough one. He's obviously one of the uh, one of the best goal scorers in the league, and and one of the most dangerous players uh, uh, the Blues uh, the Blues have in their lineup. And and without him uh, being in there, there's going to be some shuffling of lines and uh, a lot of. Uh, uh onus on that next man up and and you know trying to figure out those line matchups and and see who uh is going to fit best with uh, uh those top two lines
0: well we are go- going to get into uh, the blues options and and who they could slide up into that spot we saw Oscar Sunquist there Saturday against Boston uh, we saw Robert Thomas there against uh, Detroit on Sunday more of that coming up but let's go back to the play in question that happened last Thursday against the Kings Jacks you saw it kind of an innocent play uh, making a power move down the middle of the ice, but it appears just briefly like he comes up lame. Just looks like that shoulder slumps a little bit, and then of course he goes to the bench and onto the locker room, doesn't return. Uh, looked like an instant play, but certainly turned out to be a bad one.
1: Yeah, and we know that uh, his left shoulder is the one that he he's had some work on before, and uh, just in that play, he was, he was trying to make that move, kind of trying to swim around the uh, defenseman and uh, you know looking at it again today it looked like that d-man kind of gave the old pop of the uh, uh, of the elbow to try and uh, you know get some uh, uh, get a little leverage on on Vladdy. and uh, I don't know whether it's a, a dislocation uh, you know a labrum injury a, a rotator cuff or, or what it exactly is but you know sometimes it's just the way that the shoulder is if it you know your your arms extended or rotated the wrong way and you get hit in a certain spot uh uh, there's a lot that can go wrong uh, in the shoulder, and unfortunately, uh, it's going to be five to six months for uh, for Vladi. Where were
0: you yesterday? I was trying to write this story about Vladimir Tarasenko, and uh, swim is the perfect word. I, I had uh, engaged and uh, shoulders slumped and so on and so forth. I needed you yesterday. You're the wordsmith. Uh, but thanks. I'll have to call you next time. I'm struggling for a word.
1: Yeah, anytime you want, buddy. Just uh, you know, pick up the phone. I probably won't answer you, but uh, ben, go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, this is the second shoulder surgery. At least it will be tomorrow when he undergoes it. Uh, in 18 months for Vladimir Tarasenko on that left side, we all remember the regular season finale against Colorado. Uh, not last year, but the season before he left in the first period. That was a winner-take-all, basically, game to get into playoffs, and they and they, they played the last two periods without Teresinko, he underwent the surgery did the 5 month rehab and jacks uh he reaggravated it in game 2 against Boston last year missed about 10 minutes of game 2 before he came back now he's going under the knife again uh, you know i think after two surgeries we can wonder about vladimir Teresinko and, and how that left shoulder is going to be able to hold up uh, for his future
1: yeah he you know he could you know start uh, you know panic mode right now or um you know I think we have to be be cautious about uh you know any kind of uh you know judgment on whether he's his career is over uh, um you know who knows if it's the same injury if it's a different one uh they haven't come out and said anything yet so um I think they're waiting for the doctors to go in there and, and see exactly uh, the extent of the injuries and, and what they need to repair and um you know hopefully you know maybe it, it comes back and it's better than it was before and um, you yeah. know, lots of times we'll we'll jump to conclusions and and panic and and all that. But uh, you know, f- to to be certain, right now we know that the Blues are gonna be without Vladdy for the next five to six months, and uh, you know we'll go from there.
0: Hey, let's give a little background to how these situations uh, play out, Jax. A lot of times uh, the player will come out of the game, like uh, Vladdy did last Thursday. They'll rule him out for the rest of the night. They'll say that he'll be reevaluated in a few days. And so I wrote a story at the Athletic uh, yesterday. It was uh, published late last night, uh, late Sunday night, about Vladimir Tarasenko. And, you know, kind of the the update over the weekend was that he might be okay. Now, we might find out tomorrow when Doug Armstrong addresses the media that that's not the case. They've known uh, for a bit that, uh, that uh, he would need surgery. Uh, but these things kind of evolve in the days after uh, the injury. And so when you are a player and you have an injury, and I know you've been through a number of these, can you just take us through... What it's like the initial diagnosis of the injury, and how over the next couple days, when the swelling goes down, you have maybe a second uh, MRI, and, and they're able to see more of the picture, and how that kind of changes the diagnosis.
1: Yeah, right after the injury, um, you know, we get uh, you know multiple doctors that are at the game, and uh, they sit real close to the uh, to the bench. So once they see an injury, the uh, Ray Borelli will will wave the. Uh, uh the doctors down to the room or, or they might even actually be in there already and uh they'll do an evaluation on them, checking the strength and and going over exactly what happened and what the uh the player feels and um yeah there is an x-ray machine that's right in the uh in the dressing room so if any broken bones you can you know normally see right away but uh yeah with uh you know more of a uh, structural uh, you know injury or shoulder um Yeah, especially if it happens on a Thursday, Friday, you might wait till Monday or Tuesday to get the MRI and, and uh, see the extent. And uh, there's different injuries that you can't see right away on an MRI as well. And you got to wait, you know, two, three weeks to, uh, to, to clearly uh, know what you want and and, and possibly get a, uh, uh, get surgery done as well. Now, if I'm not
0: mistaken, Jax, you've had the surgery uh, done before the shoulder, right?
1: Yeah, I've had a couple of surgeries on uh, on the shoulder. I have had uh, uh, torn labrum uh, that, that kept me out my second year in the league. I think I only played fifteen games that season, and then uh, yeah, I got a metal plate and ten screws in my shoulder as well. So I get uh, uh, probably about two feet of scars, uh, you know, within the uh, collarbone and the in the back of my shoulder.
0: Yeah, and you know. Tarasenko had the surgery, as we talked about in April of uh, 2018, and then five month rehab uh, came back the following year, uh, you know, ready to start the new season, probably took some time for him to, to get back up to speed. And now he's going to be going through that same exact situation again. Could he be ready for the playoffs? You know, some people are speculating at least you'll have a healthy, rested Vladimir Tarasenko for the postseason. Just what's it like when you come back after that five month rehab in terms of uh, feeling like you did before?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is you know just kind of testing things, uh, uh, waiting to get that first big hit or or getting a battle where you're kind of put in an awkward uh, situation. It's you know a lot of it's between your ears uh, when you first get back and uh, maybe trying to hit a guy with your with your right shoulder instead of your left when uh, you know you you know you're kind of putting yourself out of position so. Uh, getting over that hump psychologically is going to be a huge part of it for Vladdy. Um, but, you know, whether he comes back in the playoffs or, or not, if, uh, if they're able to get him back for the playoffs, it'll be a huge uh, you know, acquisition for the, uh, for the team uh, without uh, having to trade away some, uh, some great prospects to, uh, to get one of the best goal scorers in the league back.
0: Okay, Jax, let's talk about what the Blues do now. I did mention earlier in the podcast uh, that uh, they went with Oscar Sundquist in the Boston game and Vladdy's spot on that top line uh, with Jaden Schwartz and – Braden Shen, uh, one day later in Detroit yesterday, uh, they go with uh, Robert Thomas. I think that's the guy who fans really want to see in that spot because of his skill level and the fact that you'd like to see him in a top six role. The numbers weren't great for either guy. I know uh, neither you or me really get too much into the analytics, but the Corsi wasn't great for for either. But you're talking about one game. It's, It's a small sample size. Now that we know that Vladimir Tarasenko is going to be out, who do we like in that spot long term? And we can only speculate about the guys within the organization, Jax, because, uh, you know, the, we could talk about trade possibilities in the coming weeks. Who's available? Uh, teams are obviously still in the race. We're talking late October, early November. Nobody's in a sell mode uh, at this point. Uh, but Robert Thomas, I think, is a guy who is capable of of playing up there. And I talked to him a little bit after yesterday's game, and he was excited uh, to get this opportunity Sunday and per- perhaps moving forward, uh, if Tarasenko is out. Do you think he's ready? If uh, If Craig Berube said, "Who do you like in that spot?" Uh, do you do you give him uh, Robert Thomas's name?
1: Absolutely. Um... You know, it's a it's a young league, and I I think he made huge strides last year and was one of the best players in the uh, in the playoffs for the Blues. And um, you know, he's still kind of you know getting his feet under him from uh, from the injury that he had uh, uh, to start the season and. Um, you know, you, you would love to to see a guy with that skill and and that vision and and hockey sense up with uh, with Shen and Schwartzy, and he he's got a great work ethic too. So, I think he would really complement those other two guys. And. Um, you know, if if uh, he's got to play on that second line too, or you know, the the one A and one B is uh, is a good option. But uh, I think Sunquist will be, uh, you know, will be a guy that can you know jump up there every once in a while if if uh, Robbie's not uh, uh, up to par. But um, there's going to be a lot of tinkering. I think there's going to be a lot of auditions, uh, you know, by the coaches to to get these guys, you know, put in the right situation, and you know they don't want to. Uh, you know, rely heavily on, on those top two lines. The, you know, the third and fourth line's got to uh, be a pretty good mix and, and you know, able to eat up some minutes as well.
0: The one thing, Jacks, with Robert Thomas, and it's not just him, but it's a lot of young players, he's a second-year forward, you know, 19 years old, uh, is that they defer to the veterans so much. And I know that, you know, Craig Berube, the coaching staff, they're going to be looking for a guy who can get the puck to Jaden Schwartz and Braden Shen, and by the way, Braden Shen's still on fire Uh, up to nine goals now Uh, they're going to be looking for a guy who can get them the puck but Robert Thomas uh, we saw it yesterday in Detroit passing up shooting opportunities I know coaches talk to young players you as a veteran probably uh, spoke to a lot of young guys and said hey you're a good player Uh, let's see it you know take the puck to the net if you got a shot take it there's no sense in deferring do you kind of see that in in Robert Thomas and and how do you for lack of a better term coach that out of him?
1: yeah there's there's got to be a balance uh you know a lot of people are talking about uh ryan o'Reilly and you know him being a little bit uh you know not selfish enough and and taking some shots uh you know i would his numbers were you know five shots a game or shot attempts to down to two this year so you know, there's gotta be a balance of uh of selfishness and uh and you know, and, and distributing the puck as well. So, um just reading the situations and, and having the confidence in your ability and, and what you see to to take the shot instead of, you know, trying to keep uh you know, the guys uh, you know, happy and, and giving uh, you know, Shen and Schwartz their look as well. And you know, another guy you could see, uh, you know, playing on that top uh top line would be Alexander Steen. Um you know, he's, he's a workhorse. He's a guy that, uh, you know, can, can move the puck, and he's got a great vision for the game. And, you know, his his legs weren't, uh, you know, like they are seven, you know, seven years ago. But uh, he's still a very, very good hockey player with a lot of skill and and uh, the work ethic that uh, you need to, uh, you know, push those other two guys.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, I thought he's played some really good hockey this year. Uh, but the, an injury with him yesterday, he did not make the third period. Did not come out for the third. And afterwards, Craig Bruby said he'd be reevaluated, but that uh, he thought Alexander Steen would be fine. Uh, Also, Sammy Blay did not play. It was the second time in three games. He's got the left thumb injury, had that wrapped uh, under the glove the other day. Uh, So he didn't play. So in addition to the Vladimir Tarasenko injury, we're talking about a couple other guys who are nicked up, you know, uh, possibly Steen and Blay could be available Wednesday. We'll find out when the team's back on the practice ice. Uh, But the Blues, like every team, like every year, Jacks, uh, they're all going through this, but I think what, my point being that uh, these injuries are going to play a part in what Craig Berube is allowed to do to try to fill the hole with uh, Tarasenko being out.
1: Yeah, um, in the orga- organizational depth is uh, you know what kind of uh, you know got the Blues their their cup last year, and it's it's going to be tested very early on. So the, you know these uh, these injuries are uh, are are. Terrible that they're happening the way that they are, but uh, you know, it's it's it really kind of grows your team and and gives you an idea of of what you have in, uh, uh you know in your twenty three man roster and possibly uh, you know your call ups from San Antonio.
0: Hey, let's touch on uh, the Blues' weekend in Boston and in Detroit, but then I want to move quickly on to. Uh, Halloween parties this uh, Halloween coming up this week and uh, hockey teams are famous for their parties. Uh, Everybody gets dressed up. That's an old tradition. Uh, We as sports writers sometimes hear about what happens, but you have some behind the scenes stories that you want to share with us. But before we get to those, uh, the blues do lose it in Boston, three to nothing, a physical game, a rematch of uh, last year's Stanley cup final. Looks like the blues uh, poured a lot into it into that first period, Uh, a little bit sloppy in the second period, and then you have an empty net goal, so pretty close game. Jacks two nothing, uh, lose it three nothing, and move on to uh, Detroit, where uh, things started well. Another two goal lead, uh, another blown two goal lead, and they nearly cough it up, falling behind Detroit in the third period. Uh, but then they come back. They kind of show that championship pedigree and win that one five four. In overtime, but it looked like they were a little bit tired yesterday, and I guess back-to-back games, the uh, the quick turnover getting into Detroit late, and having to go with Jordan Bennington again because Jake Allen was sick, looked like uh, a little bit of fatigue set in yesterday.
1: Yeah, did, and uh, you know we talk about the. Uh you know, the, the cup hangover and, and all the distractions that they've had, uh, you know, throughout the year. And, you know, we figured that the, uh, you know, the cup was behind them. And then of course you go into the building that you win the cup in, in, in Boston and, and have a very emotional, very, uh, uh, spirited game. And, uh you know, I think the blues, uh, you know, the scoring chances were pretty even and, and Boston just happened to get, uh, get two um, but, uh, you know the the kind of the, the drop off you, you you play uh play a team and you get those emotions coming back and and have that tight tight game on the uh, uh on Saturday and then you gotta you know jump right on a plane and and go to Detroit and kind of play a team that's kind of at the bottom and and they played well in the first two periods but uh like you said they you know, squandered a uh, another uh, two goal lead, and uh, but you know it showed some uh, some character, and they you know they kept battling, got that goal with four minutes left, and then uh, uh, Peron uh, you know gets the uh, the eventual game winner in, in overtime. So you yeah, know it, it's you kind of expect it with what they've been through. Uh, you know that drop in, in energy, and and uh, you know Coach uh, uh, Barube said it that uh, he can tell that the the uh, the team was just zapped and, and didn't have much in the tank uh, for the uh, for the third period.
0: Well, they uh, will get some time. They've got a couple days off, Jax, before playing Minnesota on Wednesday, a couple home games before they go back out on the road. I'm not quite sure when their Halloween party uh, is scheduled, but they make time for it every year where they'll have a chance to uh, get dressed up along with their spouses. They'll meet at one of the players' houses, I'm sure. And I know you've been a, a part of a number of these Halloween parties uh, what stories do you have to share i know you got some good ones uh, just over the years some of the costumes some of the things that have happened at these parties
1: yeah um halloween party it's it's great you know we're we're very lucky with our uh with our profession that uh, you really don't have to grow up when you're around a group of uh you know 23 year old guys or 23 uh you know 20 year old guys that uh, you know are really uh, um just kind of a bunch of jackasses in the dressing room. You're, you're ribbing each other and all that. So the Halloween party is usually uh, one where you, you you dress like a, a complete uh, jackass and, and you have a lot of fun. So uh, I remember I think it was my first year with, uh, or maybe my second year in the league. We had a party over at the uh, Dougie Waits house and uh it was right when al actually had his uh had his eye injury and he dressed as a uh, as a blind referee um <laughs> uh but ryan johnson he came in uh as a you know a, a drive-in uh waitress that uh, had the roller skates on and uh he kind of came to the party a little bit late and maybe a little bit banged up and Uh, Came down the stairs at at Dougie's house, and um, just to set up the scene, uh, Dougie Waite was dressed as a playboy playmate, and his wife was uh, Hugh Hefner. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I think I was dressed as a nurse. Um, very good-looking nurse, obviously. Oh, I'll say, me and yeah. Dougie with the two mustaches and uh, and uh, you know skirts on. But then, uh, yeah. So uh, Ryan Johnson comes down the stairs. He's he's carrying a tray of drinks and having a good old time and gets on the dance floor and uh, wipes out and ends up twisting his ankle. So he left the party right away. Uh, went to his house, you know, started icing and taking care of it, and uh, raced to the rink the next day and. Uh, I think he spent like an hour or so uh, with his foot in an ice bucket so he could get a skate on and, and uh, get out to practice. <laughs> and uh, he uh, went down the ice, he uh, accidentally tripped, went into the boards and uh, hobbled off the ice. And, uh, you know, luckily the injury was on the ice. But Oh, uh, my goodness. Yeah, there's a you know, there's there's things you got to do to uh, you know make sure the uh, uh, the coaches and uh, and trainers and and uh, GM don't know that you get uh, get hurt at a, a team function.
0: Yeah, that's uh, certainly a disguise there. You know, Ryan Johnson. I think about him uh, wearing that outfit uh, every time he was in the locker room. Jacks uh, the shots that he blocked. His legs were just purple and yellow. I can't imagine what he looked like in that outfit. Um, and it reminds me. You talk about going out on the ice and quote unquote accidentally uh tripping Uh, to this day i still don't know what the story was but there was a practice where uh, Yarl halak went out on the ice like stopped one shot and all of a sudden 10 minutes later they put out a press release saying that he's out with a a wrist injury or something that one was always suspicious to me in terms of something that (laughs) probably probably happened off the ice any uh, intel on that one
1: (laughs) uh no actually no don't, don't even remember that one so yeah um yeah, it wasn't if it was off the ice it wasn't under my uh my presence. But uh we did have another one. Uh, uh, Manny Legacy had a house in the uh in the central west end that was uh it was an older home so the basement was uh was a little bit freaky. So um myself and Danny Hynote and and Manny kinda dressed up and set up his basement as a haunted house and we made all the guys walk through and uh we jumped out of uh I had a uh uh, claw that it, i was reaching from the ceiling to to grab guys and then danny high note was the uh, uh the clown from saw and would ride a tricycle out of a uh, out of a room and it was funny to see uh guys like eric johnson uh screaming like a little girl uh, as they tried to walk through the uh <laughs> the haunted house we had but nah uh, and we got uh Later on that evening, um, a couple of the guys took the uh, took a mannequin or or something and was set up, and they were dancing, and throwing this thing around the dance floor, and the uh, the hand came up and smoked Jay McClement right uh, right above the eye and, and split him open for he probably should have been about four or five stitches, but. Um, instead I just grabbed some, uh, some crazy glue out of the, uh, out of the drawer <laughs> and, uh, and stitched them up a little bit or, or, or glued them up and, and made sure that, uh, um, you know, you didn't have to call the, uh, the trainer Ray Borelli and get stitches, but, you know, we got in a little bit of shit the next day that, uh, uh we used, uh, whatever crazy glue instead of, uh, some medical grade stuff, but that's uh that's another injury that that kind of happened but you know luckily it wasn't too serious
0: was that the party and i don't know if you're going to admit to this but uh, i remember manny legacy having a party and i thought it was a halloween party and guys came in the next day and they were moaning and groaning and i said what's the what's the matter and they said we go over to manny's for a party and he charges 200 dollars a guy at the door so we can help pay for the party doesn't this guy make enough money he can <laughs> have us over for a party <laughs> did he really do that
1: yeah, I think I might have been it. Uh, <laughs> Danny Hynote made all the guys wear their, uh, wear their costumes to the rink, and uh, Danny was dressed as uh, Batman. And uh, so he was driving to the rink uh, the next morning with his Batman costume on, and he said he passed a couple kids, and they were just looking at him like he was crazy or, or maybe the real Batman. Oh, my goodness. Uh, th- those are great. Wasn't there one, too, involving uh, Billy Garen? Yeah, uh, so when Billy Guerin, uh, Dally Drake, uh, Big Walt, and Dougie Waite were all together, we, we, we called them the uh, the one-uppers because they always, you know, one guy would tell a story and the next guy would just kind of tell just a little bit better story. And uh, so one time, I I can't remember, I, I must have, you know, said something in the dressing room and then Billy kind of one-upped me and then, uh, you know, I was kind of laughing at him, but I was a little bit pissed off, and he uh, he goes, hey, I just want to tell you the, the all-time one-up story. I'm like, okay, well, you know what do you got? And uh, so he was talking about, it. he's in Dallas, he goes to, uh, I think it was Mike Medano's house for, uh, for a team Halloween party, and that was right after, uh, uh, what's his name, Siegfried and Roy. Roy got uh, attacked uh-huh. by that uh, Bengal tire, tiger, the white tiger, and so he uh, got this outfit on uh on uh the internet and, and got this wig and uh, taped a uh just a stuffed animal white tiger to his shoulder and and uh, put some blood on it or some paint and and everybody thought it was the greatest thing and all oh, very creative you're the best you know so billy was pretty uh pretty excited about himself and sitting there with his chest all puffed out thinking he's gonna win an award for the best costume and uh, Richard Maffichuk, all of a sudden, you know, you can hear all of this, you know, kind of clamoring uh, upstairs. And all of a sudden, uh, Richard Maffichuk comes walking down the stairs with a professionally done wig, makeup, uh, a tailored, uh, you know, outfit with the, you know, sequence on it and all that. And then uh, in tow, he's got on a leash, he's got a baby white angled tiger get out of here their, yeah walked into the party so uh billy said he <laughs> kind of turned around he saw this happen and everybody was so excited that and i i think he even kind of gave the heads up to to have the kids there so they could see this and so billy sat at the end of the bar and uh, put his head down and uh you know drank his sorrows away after uh being the uh the ultimate one-upper
0: <laughs> you guys really are you know 28 30 years old going on 1820 those uh, those parties are are something hey just a couple uh quick stories that you know i wrote the book 100 things blues fans should know and do before they die back in 2014 and one of the chapters Jax, is your good buddy jimmy o'brien over at ob clark's i wrote a chapter about ob clark's that's the bar that everybody needs to go to uh the best bar in town and and uh, he said that, of course, he's good friends with uh, Keith Kachuk and uh, Big Walt didn't have a costume to wear. They were The Blues were about 10 games into the season and he still didn't have a goal yet. And uh, Jimmy O'Brien said, why don't you just dig into your closet, find one of your old jerseys and go as a goal scorer because you aren't one now. So that would be his costume. So uh, Walt laughing about that one. The other one that I heard, this one goes way back and I think it's in the book. But uh, Bruce Affleck, our good friend, has been with the Blues uh, forever and a day. Tells a story where uh, they had a costume party, Halloween team party years and years ago. And uh, two guys dressed up in in costumes where it's like an actual suit, you know, for lack of better description, like a mascot type suit. And and, uh, so about halfway through the party, the two guys went into another room and changed outfits and then came back out. And everybody, you know, thinks it's it's the original arrangement and uh, one guy was uh, rubbing on the other guy's wife, and nobody knew that it was the <laughs> other guy. <laughs> so uh, So I can't remember the players who were involved, but uh, imagine when they take the, they take the head off of that uh, outfit and you see who it actually is. It's just something else. So yeah,
1: that sounds uh, like so you, you're me gonna get too. an invite.
0: <laughs> it does too. Uh you gonna get an invite this year or, or no?
1: No, no. You know, you, you let them do their thing. I'll I'll stay away. I just had uh Halloween party on Saturday night with a bunch of friends and uh my wife and I were dressed as uh Pennywise from uh from it. So oh, there that's you go. what my daughter wants to be for Halloween as well. So it's a family theme. Well thanks for the invite there. <laughs> it wasn't in my house, it's
0: okay. <laughs> Oh, I got you. Well, no, thanks for the stories. Good stuff. Uh, The Blues will have some fun uh, when that party rolls around. It should be coming up soon. Maybe I can find out what uh, everybody dressed up as. Maybe that's an athletic story. Uh, We'll see. But, uh, Jax, uh, let's just recap here real quickly before we wrap up Episode 9 of We Went Blues. Vladimir Tarasenko uh, out indefinitely five months before he'll be reevaluated. We talked about the options. Uh, Just big picture question here. Uh, As we close, what does this do to the Blues in terms of trying to win another Stanley Cup? I mean, this is their leading score for the past uh, five years and a guy they they count on, rely on. And, you know, unless they make some sort of big deal, um, they're going to be trying to do it with uh, guys who uh, have not done it to the level of Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, All that said, in these situations, you always find uh, players who step up who maybe didn't expect uh, to do so. Um, So, you know, I think at the end of the day, the Blues are probably going to be okay. uh, But what do you think this does to their chances?
1: yeah I, I think they're still there i think you know you got to look at the depth and, and like you said this is always the opportunity uh you know when guys go down especially uh the big guns that somebody's got to step up and and hopefully take advantage and and uh you know kind of catapult their career and um you know if things aren't going well the you know the long-term injury also you know shores up uh uh, about seven million dollars in, in cap space so it kind of gives some uh some leeway to uh to army to you know possibly go out and, and get a, a rental player for the year that uh, uh is under uh, a pretty hefty contract so there there's some uh some you know possibilities for uh, uh different situations to unfold and uh but hopefully it is uh you know within the organization and and we have some superstars that are uh in waiting
0: all right, I got an idea. How about this? We talked about uh, Tarasenko. We talked about Halloween and dressing up. How about you dress up in a number ninety-one uniform and head down there and uh, take his spot?
1: <laughs> yeah, we got the same, same shot, shot the same right? Feet. Yeah, yeah, same vision too. So, yeah, I think we. Might Nobody be will off. notice. <laughs> yeah. Nobody will notice. Except For anybody that's a fan of the game.
0: <laughs> what are your uh, halloween is coming up on thursday what are your kids uh, dressing up as
1: uh my son's got some sort of weird uh, uh fixation on turtles so he's uh, he's got a turtle mask and uh and then my daughter's uh gonna be the creepy clown uh, pennywise and uh and try and scare some people she might be a little bit demented but uh you know she's uh, uh cute demented yeah for sure for how sure about, how about you and Ms. your family McKenna. what do you got going
0: you know what? I have to reintroduce myself to my family uh, when I get back. Uh, I just, uh, I've just i been gone the past couple of days. Boston and Detroit just landed. They got the Tarasenko news. We got the podcast. So I'll pick them up from school in just a little bit and find out what it is. Because you know how the kids are. They change their idea every day. So whatever they told me before I left for Boston, I'm sure it's changed about six times.
1: <laughs> that is true. <laughs> hey, uh, you, know, you either know something about six months in advance or you change it every day uh, leading up to Halloween. Yeah no so
0: it'll be fun and I hope that everybody has a, a great a Halloween a safe Halloween uh, Barrett does as well and, and uh, so that's on Thursday we will be back with an exclusive uh, episode of We Went Blues at the Athletic dot com on Friday for Barrett Jackman uh, for myself uh, Jeremy Rutherford this was episode nine of We Went Blues and we thank everybody for listening not only today but each and every week thank you.